The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it was written by the, through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. So who are these three wise guys, and what is their significance? Sometimes they're called wise men, sometimes they're called kings, sometimes they're called astrologers, but none of those words are truly accurate, and so as a result we've resorted to going back to the original language and just calling them magi, the word that was originally used for them. So who were they? Well, as far as we can tell, they were Zoroastrian priests. Zoroastrianism is one of the first two religions to believe that there is only one God, them and the Jews. And they came about just around the same time. The prophet Zoroaster is roughly contemporary with Moses. They have a lot of the same beliefs. And people who subscribe to Zoroastrianism tend to be very intelligent, very cultivated, very well-educated, but they are small in number. They were driven out of Persia, where they started, during an Islamic revolution, and now almost all of them live in India, and there are only about 110,000 of them. Why so few? Well, like most very cultured, educated people, they spend so much time in school that they were late in getting started raising a family, and so they don't have a great number of children. And you can't enter this religion through conversion. You have to be born into it. So even though there was a time when their numbers were over a million, now they're about 110,000. Zoroastrians believe in a god of light called Ahura Mazda. And they believe that every important person had a star that would appear when that important person was born. 
And because they were so learned, they very often ended up being statesmen, advisors to kings throughout the East and the Mideast. So these three guys are looking for this new king who has a bright star. So that means he's got some big, important job to do, and they want to be there to help him. The irony of this story is that you've got two religions, a Jewish baby and three Zoroastrian priests. Like I said, you can't convert to Zoroastrianism. And until about 100 years ago, you couldn't convert to Judaism either. You had to be born of a Jewish mother. So these two religions that have so much in common are strictly segregated. Even though they agreed on many things, they didn't mix. There was strict division between who is Jewish and who is Zoroastrian at that time. And yet we find Jewish shepherds who are poor and dirty and Zoroastrian priests who are rich and glamorous, both at the baby's bedside. It is a sign that Jesus breaks walls. Jesus builds bridges. Jesus is a source of unity. When two different groups of people who never rub shoulders find themselves side by side by this baby, it is a sign that God wants us all to be together. I said it recently in a homily a couple of weeks ago, but I think it bears repeating that the devil is a scatterer. The word that we get devil from is diabolos in Greek, and that means to scatter, to fragment. The devil wants you to be distrustful of other people. He wants you to make other people look less than you are, be suspicious of them, think that they're villainous because there's safety in numbers. But if you can divide, you can also conquer. And so Jesus is the antidote to that mutual suspicion, that segregation, that distrust. He is the one who brings unity and peace to a fractured, anything but peaceful world. And to show that these Zoroastrians are not beyond the pale, Matthew makes sure to let us know that they have the inside scoop by the gifts that they bring. They bring gold, which was called back then the king of metals. He's royal. They brought frankincense, which is used in worship. He's divine. And they brought myrrh, because that was what was used for embalming. He is going to suffer and die for his people. So these three magi show that even though they are not Jewish, they are still privy to what Jesus is all about. And that Jesus didn't just come to save the Jews, he came to save the Zoroastrians and everybody in between. He is truly the savior of the world. It's a message which is somewhat appealing, but a message that is difficult to follow through with. Oh, 20 years ago when I was rector of the cathedral, we decided we wanted to have a mass to unite the three linguistic communities on Epiphany. We had a Polish mass, we had a Spanish Mass, we had English Masses. Why not do a Mass with all three languages and with the customs of all three communities all in one? It sounded great until we actually started to plan the Mass. Spanish people looked at Polish people and Polish people looked at Spanish people and both of them looked at English people and English people looked at them and thought, why do I want to worship with them for? Why do I have to sacrifice part of the Mass for another language? Why do I care what their customs are? They look different, they dress different, they sound different. 
And a mass that was supposed to unite us in the end created such bitterness that I never tried it again. It didn't work because people were not ready for it. And so the question today is, while we look at the three glamorous wise men, are we ready for it? Are we ready to lay down our suspicions, our bigotry, our prejudice, our disfavor, and accept all of those who are around the, around the major truly as our brothers and sisters in Christ?